Good morning, church. Always good to be with you. You know, uh, I, I, I just want you all to know, husbands, uh, so wives, pay attention. Um, uh, husbands, watch out, okay? Um, uh, it's a tough time in our modern world to be a husband. I don't know if you're aware of this. It's a tough time to be a husband. Like, uh, like the sitcoms, right? Uh, television shows right now. Um, husbands are not highly valued in the sitcoms. Are you aware of this? Like, like, like the husbands in sitcoms are, are really usually of one of two varieties. Uh, either they are absolute dictators who are easily dismissed, or they're laughable buffoons, right? I mean, they are couch potatoes who allow their wives to run the home and do the work, and, and, and they're laughable, and we can sit on our own couches and laugh at them because they're so incredibly dull, and if I may, even dumb. This is the modern family. And yet we're going through this series. We started last week, and when we're saying we want to be an unmodern family, the truth is, husbands, that we need good coaching and good training in order to succeed in being husbands. Uh, the good news for you and I, uh, those of us who are husbands, and maybe those of us who are not husbands but want to be someday, is that there is pages of Scripture that act as good coaches and trainers for us. That's the really good news. In fact, there, there, there is a, a church. Uh, Paul was in prison. He was uh, writing to a church in Ephesus, and, and these people are like growing in their faith. Uh, several times throughout the book of Ephesians, as, as, uh, as Paul is writing them this letter, he's like, hey, you, you can't do this anymore because you're not them anymore. You, you, you used to live there. You used to live in darkness, and now you're in light. You used to live like the pagans, but you don't anymore. And, and so they're beginning to try and figure out how is it that this, this faith, this belief that I have in Jesus, how does it play out in, in everyday life? And, and they have these household codes, and, and, and Paul just simply takes the opportunity to say, let me coach you, let me train you in how to be husbands. And so the question, the question that we come to in all of this is, what does God's Word have to say in regards to what it takes for husbands to succeed in being husbands? Like, like husbands at the end of our life, right, with our dying breath, how is it that we know that we have succeeded in being great husbands? Do you want to know that? How is it that we know that at the end of our life that we have taken a kingdom value and we have said, I am succeeding I have succeeded in being a Christian husband. And the text 
And Ephesians 5 is going to answer that question. And it's going to point us in one single direction. And it's going to point us in that direction uh, by offering us really two things. It's going to offer us a role model, an example to follow. Uh, Like a Mount Everest of an example to look at, to follow after, to mimic. And it's going to tell us that we have a role to play. That husbands, we have a responsibility in being husbands. We're going to answer the question, how is it that I can succeed in being a Christian husband? And in doing so, be valuing the kingdom of God. Are you ready for that? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Turn there with me. If you don't have a Bible, reach for one that's in front of you. Page 816. And Paul is going to tell us that there's an example that we can follow and a role that we can play. An example we can follow and a role that we can play. Ephesians chapter 5, page 816, and I'm going to begin in verse 25. Paul begins this way. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing her with water through the word, and to present to uh, her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, No one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and he cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we're members of this body, of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. We've been given this great example to follow. Mount Everest of an example. Did you catch who the example is? Verse 25. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Just as Christ. Guess who we get to follow, gang? Husbands, we have this profound opportunity to be coached, to be trained by Christ. He has set the example for us. That's a little bit intimidating, isn't it? I mean, it's a little bit like like, like looking up the mountain going, I can't possibly make it. Is anybody sitting there thinking that? Like, well, if Christ is my example, then I can't possibly be 
that good. I can't possibly be that perfect. And so maybe I should just not do it at all. But, but this, is how, this is how coaching works, isn't it? This is how training works. How many of you would love to be taught how to cook by someone who's never cooked? Anybody? Yeah, me either. Why? Because they're going to burn the macaroni and cheese. And I don't want any part of that. How many of you want to be coached in a sport uh, by someone who, who has never played the sport? No one. You see, this is how coaching works. We have an opportunity to follow someone more mature than ourselves. Husbands, this is going to require you to take a big gulp and to swallow some pride and to recognize that there's some things that you don't know yet. That we have to be willing to follow Christ. And what is it that Christ has done? Well, all that He did for the church, all that He did for the church, His bride, was die for her. You see, he died so that we might live. It's this profound thing, isn't it? That we might follow in the footsteps of Christ in our relationship with our wives. Uh, several years ago, I was uh, watching television and uh, uh, there's Hall of Fame quarterback uh, Brett Favre. Uh, this is not a go Packers moment, okay, uh, for any of you Packer or non-Packer fans. I was watching this interview with Brett Favre, and, and uh, the interviewer said something really profound. He said, Brett, what is it that you see in today's players? or not see in today's players. And he said a few things. And then he said this. He said, the one thing that I'm missing out of today's players is that they're not asking the veterans any questions. In other words, they're not learning to play the game. They're not asking any questions about those who have been there and done it before them. Husbands, are you like that at all? You see, we have a Hall of Fame type God. And we have an opportunity to be Hall of Fame type husbands. But in order to do that, we have to be willing to be coached and trained in the example of Christ and what He was willing to do for the church. And some of you still might be saying, well, that seems awful lofty. Okay, here's what you do. Something I do regularly. Grab a Christian man who is more mature than you are and meet with them regularly. There's a guy in my life, his name is Drew. Uh, we try and meet around once a month at Village Inn. We go, we have breakfast early in the morning and we just talk. We talk about scripture, we talk about being husbands, we talk about uh, uh, life and how, how to in improve ourselves as disciples. It's sharpening. I love Drew because he's more mature than me. 
Husbands, we have to be willing to say, I will follow the example that Christ has given. And that may require that you swallow your pride. It might also uh, require that, uh, that one of the things that you will do is consistently uh, get into the Word. How is it that you know God? How is it that you can follow Christ? Well, it, it really is, is not very complicated. You open up your Word and you dive in. Now, some of you, some of you men are saying, I don't know the first thing about the Bible and there's a lot of names in here that I can't pronounce. Amen. There's a whole lot in here I don't know, and there's a whole lot of names in here I I don't know how to pronounce. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to open up the Bible and read it, gang. But you can ask some really cool questions. And so maybe daily you come into the Word and you ask yourself some really strategic questions. Questions like this. Is there a command that I need to follow here? Is there a sin I need to avoid here? Is there a promise that I need to attach myself to here? Is there something I need to know here? And you allow Scripture and the God behind it to disciple you as a husband. You want to be a great husband. You want to be a success. You want to find at the end of your days that, that you have been a successful husband. Husbands, you've been given an example to follow. Follow Christ. Now, what is it that Christ did? You see, He gave us a role to play. He gave us some responsibilities. Are you ready? It doesn't get any easier, husband, so, you know, either laugh or cry. It's up to you. Listen to what he says. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And and here's the part. Here's the part that's tough. And gave himself up for her. Christ gave himself up for his bride. Husbands. Your role, your responsibility to your wife, to your bride, to the love of your life, is that you would sacrifice for her. Let me tell you what that looks like. You have a job offer, and it's good. Mmm, it's good. It's that kind of job offer. I mean, it's the kind of job offer that you don't even want to talk to your wife about. You just want to accept it and go because, I mean, this means for you more money. It means more prestige. It means uh, living maybe in a bigger place. I mean, it is going to be for you uh, uh, like a career jump three times. And you are like... But you decide to take the envelope, and you come in, and you're all excited, and guess what? We're moving! What? 
<laughs> no, we're not. And your bride begins to unfold for you reasons uh, that you don't want to move, even though you're sure that you do. You see, she's got great friends right here in Whiting, Iowa. I mean, great friends, and not only just great friends, but like, like confidants, right? I mean, she has people that she can go to when you're being a brat, I probably shouldn't have said that. But, but she's got great friends. Not only that, she loves her job and the colleagues that she works with. And, and there's a support system for your children. And, and they love their school and their friends. And she begins to say, we can't move. Husbands. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. Will you sacrifice the job offer? Will you sacrifice your personal prestige? Will you sacrifice your career jump for her? You have some friends both of you have friends, which is good in marriage, by the way. And, and there is this one night that both of you have things. You just got, right, free tickets somewhere. It doesn't even matter where. It's your favorite concert. And you're like, husband, you're, you're like, oh. I mean, there is this guy, this gal, you, you get to go with a friend to this concert. You have free tickets in your hand. But, 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 this is your wife's night to go out with her friend. She's planned this weekend for like a long time, at least a month, okay? And, and she has been looking forward to it. She has told you how much she has looked forward to this moment. Like she's going to go out and do this whatever girls do when they go out together. And, and, and they're going to have a great time. And you come home. I got free tickets. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, do you hear the question? What kind of sacrifices are you making? Not, not just like pithy sacrifices like I took out the trash today and, or I, I did, you know, I put a load of laundry in. No, 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 no. We're talking about real sacrifice, right? Around the house. Oh, I'm going to go there. You're, you're around the house. Your favorite television show is coming on in five minutes. It's a sports thing. It's a, it's a favorite sitcom. It's, you know, Netflix burning a hole right through your TV screen. 
I mean, you are like, I have to go watch. And there's a pile of dishes. There's a pile of laundry. The lawn has not been mowed in three weeks. What are you going to do? Oh, oh, you, you can, because you have before, you can go and sit on the couch and watch the television and do the thing. And But what are you going to do? He said, he said, Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. Husbands, what are you doing to sacrifice for your wife? Now, here's one thing that I've been learning. I'm constantly learning new things, and uh, I'm, I'm learning by asking questions. Uh, maybe you're a bit like that. And so I have to ask myself this question when it comes to sacrifice for my bride. And here's the question. Do I love anything more than I love my wife? My bride, the love of my life, the one that I worked hard to, to try and get to agree to marry me. Do I love anything more than I love my bride. Do you notice something in the text? It's really cool. Verse 25, he says, husbands, love your wives. Verse 28, he says, in the same way, talking about Christ's example again, he says, husbands ought to love their wives. And then at the very end, he says, now each one of you, husbands, must love his wife. If you're going to love your wife, you have to sacrifice for her, and you have to ask yourself this question. Do I love anything more? And I love my bride. Do I love my favorite hobby more than I love my bride? Do I love my hobby of planes, trains, and automobiles, boats, golf, sports more than I love my bride? Now, here, here's a hard one. Do I love sex with my bride more than I love my bride? Do I love my job more than I love my bride? Do I love the recognition that my job brings to me more than I love my bride? Is there anything that I love more than my bride? Now, outside of Jesus, okay, is there anything that I love more than my bride? Husbands, sacrifice for her because Christ, our example, gave himself for his church. Sacrifice for her. Notice something else. He's given us an example to follow and a role to play, remember? We follow his example. 
Our role is to sacrifice. Notice what else he says. Verse 27, 26. He says, he gave himself up for her. Why? Why did he give himself up for her? He gives himself up for her. He sacrifices her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Now, it's, he, Paul is talking about the relationship between Christ and the church. And, and by looking at Christ and the church, he's saying, hey, husbands, you need to do this with your wives, okay? To present her to himself a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish, but, a holy, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Husbands, you ought to sacrifice for your bride. But you also better set her free. Your role as her husband is not to act and domineer over her as her head. It's not to to be a dictator to her and order her and give her a list of to-dos. Here's how you know you've been a success. That she is most set free to do what God has purposed her for. Is your wife beaming? Is she radiant? Is she... she, uh, Is she excited to do what God has purposed for? It looks like this. Your wife, your bride, has an extraordinary talent, a gift that God has given. It's something supernatural that God has has wired her to do. And she has this incredible gift of being able to to teach kids. But her being able to teach kids means that that sometimes in your married relationship that you're going to have to watch your own kids. That you're going to have to spend some time at home by yourself. And husbands, we have this this very... We can be selfish, can't we? We? I don't want you to do that because of what it means for me. Gang, God's word is saying, set her free. Why do you set her free? So that she can give glory to God by who she is without spot or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. Whatever it is that your wife, your bride, the love of your life, whatever it is that God has wired her to do, set her free to do that most fully. That's the example that Christ has set for us. That's the role that we're supposed to play. We're not there to domineer over our wives. We're there to set them free. Last thing, last thing. He says, Verse 29, nobody hates his own body, but he feeds and he cares for it just as Christ does the church. And in verse 33, he says, love your wives as you love yourself. Husbands, take care of your wives. Meet her needs. Now, when I say meet your bride's needs, meet your wife's needs, I'm not saying 
Don't meet the, don't, don't, don't tell her what she needs. Right? I'm not saying, I'm not saying meet the needs that you think that she ought to have. I'm not saying meet the needs that you think that she think, uh, I'm, I'm not saying meet the needs that, that you think she should think that she needs. Are you with me on that? Sort of? I'm saying meet her needs. Uh, when, when, when Paul begins to say, hey, uh, the two of you are, are one body and, and you ought to treat her like you treat yourself, here's what he's saying. Here's what it means. He's saying, guys, if you go on a fishing trip, I'm getting personal, aren't I? If you go on a fishing trip, you spend financially money and time and investment to go catch fish. Then you better offer that same opportunity to your bride. Because what you're saying about your hobbies is, I need this. I need some, you know, space. I, I need... You ought to be meeting the needs of your bride the same way. You reciprocate what it is. Because here's, here's the crazy thing about what Paul is saying. You're not two. You're one. He goes back to Genesis and doing, he says, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two are one flesh. Meet the needs of your bride. So we have an example to follow and a role to play. And what does it point to? I wish I had something more profound. But here's what it points to, husbands. This one thing. It points to love your wives. Love your wives. The other day I was looking at a column in the, the newspaper. Seventy years a couple had been married. Seventy years. That's a long time. How is it that I get there? How is it that I know that when I get there, I've succeeded as a Christian husband? One thing. I've loved my wife. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church. Let's pray. God, you're good to us. I uh, thank you for your word. Uh, pray, Father, that we're being changed. I pray that we're different as we leave. Not the same. I pray that as we hear words, uh, we're incited to action. Help us to respond to you. I pray for the husbands in the room. Make us great husbands because we love our wives. Love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.